Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Friday, September 23rd, 2022. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created in order to make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week that there are no Sunday shows. Please note that these probabilities assume normal starting lineups that are using current rosters up to the time I started recording. What will be shown on the banners on screen are the thresholds for A or B grade plays that you can make the best decisions possible based on current odds and the books you do business with. Also displayed will be what the model suggests the total should be. The goals for this episode? To share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As I'm always saying, take what you like and leave the rest. As you go through my plays, remember that there are no locks and gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans, that is A, B, and C grades, to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. As always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Um, very nervous right now. We've come up with a name for the model, and we're going to talk about it. It's coming up with the banners. Uh, like I mentioned, the banners that we're going to have is the thresholds for the A grades and the B grade picks. Lines shift and you can shop around. And I, I, I'm getting a lot of sense from the comments that y'all are missing. Some of y'all some of y'all got this. And so some of y'all I'm preaching to the choir, but some of y'all are missing the whole point, which is that price matters and the model isn't right or wrong. The model is giving a win probability. And just because a team wins or loses doesn't make the model right or wrong. To assess that, you need to look at loads of data. And, and I'll provide these analyses on Twitter. I generally do a recap every, you know, a couple times midseason, I'll do one at the end of the season, where the point is what we're trying to say is if the model says 55%, does that reasonably win 55% of the time? Well, one game doesn't tell you that because one game is a win or a loss, right? And I feel like a a lot of people are just missing the point about this. What we're trying to do is we're trying to say if it actually does win in 55% of the time in the long run, that indicates what price a wager should be made at. And all, sometimes the price doesn't move. So what I'm saying here the night before is the same price you can get all the way up to first pitch. We're all kind of on the same side, but sometimes it moves and that makes prices better or worse. Now, of course, we do have to keep in mind with baseball about starting lineup changes. So it tends to be a little bit different once starting lineups are announced. But in the time that it changes beyond that, I want us to make sure that we're always investing at the good prices. And that's the point that we're trying to make here. So I'm going to really try to start stressing that. So you'll see that in the banner and you'll also see in the banner, what the model suggests the total is. So I've got the model name in there. So I'm, I feel nervous saying it because I've always just used to saying the model. It feels a little bit cheesy, but we have named the model. It is the sideline. Uh, obviously it's a play off my name being last name sides and we're creating lines uh, totals as well. But uh, so we've come up with sideline as the name of the model. So you hear me refer to it as that a little cheesy, but I feel like all the names for models are either cheesy or bad acronyms or whatever. So we're just going to roll with it. Um, but before we get to the game, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Got a lot of college football content for you. Several many hours, three different episodes, 
Thursday night was good. Uh, model went two and oh, the sideline. I got to start calling it that. I'm just going to the model. The sideline two and oh, uh, on our Thursday picks. One of those was an A grade play. Uh, one of them was the play of the day if you're over on Patreon. So, um, a lot of good things there, a lot of good college football content if you're into that sort of stuff as well. But if you bet the horses, check out Horse Racing Today. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of mind experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know where bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or the website. Those links are in the description. And as alluded to, we've got that Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things like that play of the day, access to our Discord group where we're chatting about line movements, plays we like, just the games in general. It's a good place. Having a lot of fun over there. we got ad-free shows, early access to shows, early access to projected spreads, all sorts of benefits over there if you're interested otherwise we'll get right to it here on this friday unfortunately no day games mainly because the cubs are on the road and that's where we're going to start off here i'll play at the pirates at 635 eastern first pitch weather-wise really around 60 degrees for most of this game and the winds will be blowing out in the five to ten mile an hour range so wind's gonna help temperature gonna kind of balance that back out Javier Assad versus Bryce Wilson, two pitchers that I'm not really a fan of. Assad has looked pretty solid in his 23 innings of work with regards to that 386 ERA, but the advanced metrics say his ERA should be closer to five. That's about where he projects just using partially the underlying metrics and partially the minor league data that we can pull. Um, he gets a 118 rating, which is actually slightly worse than Bryce Wilson. who gets a 114 rating. Both of those guys being a full standard deviation below league average. Again, I'm not high on either one. Wilson's ERA at 607 is a little inflated based off how well he's pitched, but it's not by that much as the underlying metric says ERA should be around five. Bullpens are even worse. Cubs bullpen has been terrible. The Pirates bullpen has been terrible. It's just no no good happening <laughs> with the relievers in this game. Uh, both offenses a little bit below average, but the offenses are closer to average than all of the pitching involved in this one. The sideline total here is 8.8, but the actual total is 8, and I tweeted about this. I've been mentioning some overs that or, or unders that I like. On show, I'm gonna start tracking those uh, in the sheet. No grades on them, no A, B, or C. Just if I say I like the total, I'm gonna track it. If I'm not, if I say I'm gonna pass on the total, I'm gonna pass on. I'm just gonna kind of see how that goes. I feel like it's been doing pretty well. Uh, but I just want to go ahead and start seeing how that actually goes, if that's accurate. But I feel like the model uh, has done really well with regards to totals as of late. And this is one here that indicates to go over the eight. So I'm gonna play over that at minus 120. In the sideline says it should be 8.8. Just doesn't like any of the pitching involved in this game. And as you can see on the banner there, or if you're only on audio, you can see it in the Google sheet, the prices needed for the for the sideline to give it an A or a B grade. We're going to be on the Pirates here on this one at the way the prices are currently done, as we've got a uh, sideline says the Pirates should be minus 113. The actual price that I'm seeing right now is Pirates 105, minus 105. So minus 105, as you can see there, not quite good enough for an A grade. It gets a B grade for me currently. This one's an interesting one. As we get to September, I feel like here we start kind of deviating a little bit from what the what the model indicates. Maybe not completely, but a little bit. We can definitely up or or, or drop 
picks just based off of things that we're seeing the pirates i just don't have a lot of faith in so even if i were able to get even money on the pirates and the model would indicate that that's an a grade i probably would still just give it a b grade because i don't want to be too invested in this pirates team but given the fact that basically everything is a wash in this game the cubs offense is a little better but the game's in pittsburgh minus 105 seems like a fair price and again the sideline says the Pirates win this 53% of the time. So if that's accurate, even if it's just 52% of the time, a price like minus 105, which is what the Pirates are currently at, is a solid play. So it's Pirates B grade at minus 105 for me and over 8 at minus 120. 640 Eastern, the Nationals at the Marlins. This will be Josiah Gray and Braxton Garrett. Josiah Gray, not been great, really. 514 ERA in the underlying metrics. See, so that's pretty accurate. Gets a 110 grade. Braxton Garrett, 368 ERA in the underlying metrics. He's actually pitched a little bit better than that. Gets an 89 grade. It's a massive edge with regards to the starting pitcher towards the Marlins. The Marlins relievers at this point grade out at pretty average, whereas the the Nationals relievers are worse than average. And offensively, the model still thinks the Marlins offense is a little bit better than the Nationals. Maybe that's not true, but it's pretty close. Neither offense is very good. Marlins being at home. Sideline says it should be Marlins minus 169. There's no price out right now. But if we can get a price like minus 150 on the Marlins, that would be an A-grade play on them. For the Nats, I'd have to be looking at a price like plus 190 for that to be an A-grade. But if I was going to play the Nationals, given how low this total is projected to be, I would probably do it on the run line and assume that it's going to be a lower scoring game and maybe they can only lose by one. If I was going to back the Marlins, it would be on the money line. Sideline says the total should be 7.1, so I would go under 7.5 if I could get it, but at 7, it would be a pass for me. Shouldn't be a lot of runs. The offenses aren't great. Reliever's not great either, but there's enough decent starting pitching or good starting pitching and enough mediocre offenses that it should be a relatively low-scoring game. I like the Marlins to win, but it's all about the price. When a price comes out on this, I'll make an official pick and add it to the sheet and tweet about it as well. 640 Eastern first pitch Brewers at the Reds Brewers getting it done for us here on Thursday night they'll try it again here on Friday upper 60s to start around 60 degrees to close winds will be blowing a little in a little across but under five miles an hour so not really much of an effect there pair of lefties here is what we're projecting Eric Lauer and Mike Miner Lauer is pretty average through 91 ERA the underlying metrics say it's not quite that good that he's been actually a little bit worse and that just gotten a little bit lucky Mike Miner, of course, below average, a 6.06 ERA, gets a 113 grade. So, again, below average, not worst pitcher in the league, but not very good either, and just hasn't been able to recapture that form he's had from recent seasons where he's been respectable. That's obviously what the Reds were hoping, and that hasn't really come true. Offensively, the Brewers' offense, of course, is just average, but it's still better than the Reds' offense, who's traded everyone away, and every time they have a decent hitter, it seems like he's hurt as well. And the Brewers' relievers, better than the Reds' relievers, but as we mentioned here, just going to be on fumes until they can get a rest day so that's a little bit of a concern there the brewers really need lauer to go deep so that's something to think about here in this game if you like the brewers you probably like lauer to go deep uh, because those brewers relievers just i'm not sure how much gas they have left this weekend at this point there's no line sideline says it should be brewers minus 140 with a total of 8.7 a fairly hitter friendly ballpark there in cincinnati but i would not be going over a total of nine just because it's chilly enough that i don't expect a lot of runs in that Reds offense just isn't really capable of scoring a lot of runs these days. So I'd be looking for Brewers minus 125 or so would be an A-grade play. For the Reds, I would need more like plus 155 as indicated there on the screen. 7-5 Eastern first pitch, 
Braves at the Phillies. Phillies get it done for us with an A-grade play here on Thursday. Played them on the run line, but they won on the money line. I think I mentioned they had a shot to win that game. It was a low-scoring game. One to nothing is literally as low-scoring as it can be. Uh, just talked about the conditions, and you saw how windy it was. There were a couple deep fly balls, and the wind really held them in. It was cold and windy blowing in. I'm always saying we got to really consider the weather here, and I feel like anybody who was looking over just forgot to look at the weather or wasn't listening to me talk about the weather because you had good pitching and massively pitcher-friendly weather. You're going to have a similar situation here on Friday night. It's going to be about 60 degrees for the totality of this game, maybe even mid-50s by the end of it, depending on how long it goes. And the winds will be blowing in from left center at over 10 miles an hour, which is why the sideline says the total should be 7.2. I'd love to go uh, under 8 on this one. Right now, the total is 7.5. I'm not going to make that as an official recommendation to go into the seven and a half. It would, if it was under eight, I would seven and a half. It probably is okay. But with Jake Odorisi involved, I'm just a little hesitant to do that. But again, the conditions are right for an under. So it's not a bad idea. Again, Odorisi though, just a very average pitcher in this Phillies offense, well above average Braves offense, well above average too, but they're going to be going up against one of the best in the game and Aaron Nola. I don't really think I need to do a deep dive of these pitchers. You'll kind of know how I feel about them and, and the reality of them. Odorisi's very average, just run-of-the-mill pitcher. Aaron Nola, really good. And that's why the Phillies should be favored in this game. Otherwise, it's mostly a wash. The Braves relievers are better, but given the depth that Nola is going to give them, that's probably not going to really play out quite as much as it would in a, in a different game. Uh, sideline says that Phillies should be a minus 146 favorite. In this one, the current price I'm seeing on the Phillies is minus 145, and thus uh, that's good enough to get me to a B-grade pick. As you can see on screen there, the model would indicate that it wants minus 143 for a B-grade pick. But anytime I can back a guy like Aaron Nola at home, I feel confident in doing it. So it doesn't quite reach the model's threshold for a B-grade. It falls just shy, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a B-grade anyway. I like backing the Phillies here at a price like minus 145. As you can see on screen, if we could get minus 132, that would be an A-grade play on the Phillies. And if you're backing the Braves, you just need some good plus odds. That's not what's happening right now. Uh, model would want plus 150 basically to get to a B-grade Braves pick. And right now the price I'm seeing is plus 134. If I was going to play the Braves, I'd probably play them on the run line thinking it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um kind of like we saw here on Thursday night, maybe not one, nothing, maybe more like three, two, four, three, something like that. Uh, but if we're thinking low scoring Braves on the run line, maybe not a bad look, but I'm just going to back the Phillies here and a good pitcher like Aaron Nola and assume they can get it done given the massive pitching advantage they will have in this one. So in a five Eastern first pitch, Astros at the Orioles. Orioles get it done for us here on Thursday night. Another team that we backed on the run line, but if you take the plus odds, the money line, it would have worked out really well for you. They won two to nothing. You'll see, and just make sure you catch this in case you haven't, in the Teams tab of the Google Sheet, I have a on the bottom, I put notes, and I'll indicate how I've adjusted uh, the model to affect for hitters that might be injured. I've got Altuve as 50-50 for playing in this game. Um I really have no idea. It really seems completely up in the air if he's going to play. And he affects this about 1% to 2%, depending on if we think he can he can pitch hit or not, uh, depending on how uh, he's healing from being having to be removed after being hit by a pitch. Uh, you also see in the notes there, I've got Julio Rodriguez out uh, for Friday as well. Just want to mention that, given his injuries concerning. So you'll see those little notes like that in case there's anything happening. You need to make that adjustment. Altuve potentially out affects this one. It should be a similar setup to Thursday's game, but not quite as pitcher-friendly, partially because the pitchers involved, obviously, when a guy like Verlander's involved, we expect a lower total, uh, but partially because the wins aren't going to be quite as strong. You saw in that one, 
chilly temperatures, wind blowing in. Yesterday, sideline said 6.5, I believe, for this total and was indicating, uh, or, or seven or something. It was indicating to go under the seven and a half, which is out there for a while. And the total closed at 6.5. Um, this one, not quite as much. Again, Verlander not involved, but still low 60s. And winds blowing in, it's just that they'll be blowing in in the 8 to 11 mile an hour range, not in the 12 to 15 mile an hour range like they were on Thursday. So projected total here is 7.8. The actual total is 7.5. It's a pass for me. I think it's pretty well priced. I'm not bold enough to go over in these conditions, especially if Altuve is not playing. And especially if you see sometimes these Astros bats just can kind of disappear as they did on Thursday night. Not bold enough to go under because the Ashes bats can obviously get hot like we've seen before too. So I think it's a pretty well-priced total. Instead, I'm going to stick with the Orioles again. Also on the run line at minus 135. It's an A-grade play for me on this one. I think the Orioles got a chance to win this game. And if not, I think they got a chance in another chilly wind-blowing in night to lose by one. The odds at minus 135 on this run line are extremely enticing. Again, A-grade play for me there. And the actual... Uh, price that the model thinks this should be is Astros minus 121. So if you're looking at this game, to me, it's Orioles or pass. The Astros are really overpriced right now um, in the minus 140 or minus 150 range. They're definitely the better team, but as you saw on Thursday, this Orioles team can win. If they were able to beat Justin Verlander, they can absolutely beat Jose Arquiti. Um, right now, the price of the Orioles is around an A-grade play. The current price I'm seeing are in the mental low plus 130s. And it's just on screen. Plus 134 is what the model needs for an A-grade money line play. I'm going to stick to the run line, though, for that A-grade play. Pitchers basically completely cancel each other out. They're both very average pitchers. Uh, Dean Krimmer's ERA on the season is better. The underlying metrics are a little bit better, but uh, Arkady projects to give a little bit more length and has a little bit more history behind him. So that's why the model gives them the exact same grade. Astros relievers better, but not by a ton. Astros bats are definitely better. So they should be favored, but not by the prices they are. That's again, that's why I'm on the Orioles. And again, passing on a total of 7.5 is I think that's pretty well priced. 7 to 5 Eastern. First pitch, Red Sox at the Yankees. Red Sox getting it done for us on the run line. Um, here on Thursday night as an A-grade play. It'll be another chilly night here in New York. Upper 50s to start, mid 50s to close. We're back to some April type weather here at times, or at least approaching April type weather. And that means we're going to start seeing some really low scoring baseball games. Talk about Yankee Stadium as a park that can be pretty hitter friendly in the summer when it's 90 degrees there, but it's a pretty pitcher friendly ballpark when it's chilly. And this is a chilly night. Now, the wind will be blowing. A little bit out to right field. Right now it's projected not to be straight away to right, but kind of across out to right. So might want to check the total or check the wins on this one before you place your total bet, maybe closer to first pitch. If it's more blowing out truly to right, that's going to help the hitters across wouldn't do anything. Right now I'm giving it kind of a little bit of a boost to hitters because depending on if you hit it right to power alley in right field, it's going to help it. But if you hit it down the line, it's just going to push it foul. And if you hit it to straightaway center field or something like that, it's it's going to push it to the deepest part of the park or to parts that are still deep. So it's not going to really help in some areas, but it, but it might neither. So I'm giving it a little bit of a boost based off this wind. But the wind, the reason I'm talking so much about the wind, up to 15 mile an hour wind. So could be really important to check exactly where the wind is blowing. But I'm going to go ahead right now and just lock in under eight as a total recommendation. The sideline says it should be 7.3. Got a really good pitcher, obviously, in Garrett Cole going. A Yankees offense that's getting healthier and projects better, especially against a lefty, I think they'll score, but I'm not sure the Yankees are going to score much. I'm well aware of this whole the Red Sox have done well against Garrett Cole thing. I'm not buying into that. 
it's not a big enough sample size. Like I, just from a purely statistical standpoint, there is no reason to look into four games, five games, eight games, 10 games uh, and, and, and assume that it actually means anything that the, the amount of data that we would need to actually say that there's some magical thing about these certain hitters that can hit Garrett Cole would be way more data than any of us that we'd ever get. And if we ever did get it in the course of a career, probably enough fundamental things would be changing from these players that it wouldn't be relevant. So I understand the narrative. I know he struggled against the Red Sox, but I can find you literally a thousand examples over the course of major league history where a pitcher has struggled against a team for like four starts in a row and then thrown like a complete game shutout or the other way where he's dominated the team four times and then got lit up. So I'm not buying it. I think it's a bunch of bull. And so I think that the Yankees are going to have success tonight. I think Cole's going to have success. I don't think the Yankees score. It's going to be really cold. A lot of the success they've had against Cole has been hitting home runs, and it's not really going to be a home run environment with that weather. So I don't think the the Red Sox score. I think the Yankees can, but I don't think they can get to this total by themselves. So that's why I'm going under eight. And I'm going to let the Yankees on the money line at minus 196. Sideline says it should be 207, indicating basically that anything that starts with a one should be a B-grade pick. If it drops all the way to minus 185, that would be an A-grade pick. That's a full dime away from where it is right now. So at this price, I'm still comfortable with a B-grade pick. I'm going to play on the money line. The odds aren't steep enough for me to really go run line. It's not the craziest idea if you like the over, but given that the sideline likes the under and thinks it might be a more lower-scoring affair, I don't want to get too cute with that run line. So I'm going to stick to the money line there at minus 196. 17 Eastern, first pitch, Blue Jays at the Rays. Finally black the Blue Jays, and that's what they do to me, give up 10 runs. So... um, you know, I, I get what I get, I guess. Uh, this will be Alec Manoa and Jeffrey Springs is what we're projecting. Model still likes the Blue Jays against a lefty in Jeffrey Springs. Difference tonight, probably, hopefully, if you're a Blue Jays fan, is the fact that Alec Manoa is a much better pitcher than Jose Barris. And I talked about it on yesterday's show. I said, Barris is nothing special. I just thought he would have more success against the Rays bats, which are a little bit better than average, but not by a ton. And that was clearly wrong. Alec Manoa, though, obviously a very good pitcher, gets an 86 grade from the model, 240 ERA. And the underlying metrics, though, again, as I've been saying with him all year, not as favorable as at 240 ERA, but he's still a very good pitcher. And again, that's why he's a full he's a full standard deviation above league average or better than league average. I mean, uh, still a good pitcher, even if the underlying metrics say maybe not quite as good as the ERA would indicate. Spring, same thing, 245 ERA, but the advanced metrics say he's not that good. We've obviously had a lot of questions this year about how deep he's going to go. Turning it over to just an average set of relievers wouldn't go as well. And again, a lefty against the Blue Jays favors the Blue Jays. So sideline says it should be Blue Jays minus 151, no line right now. But if I could get minus 135 on the Blue Jays, that would be an A grade play. For the for the Rays, I would need more like plus 170 on the money line. For that to be an A-grade play, but if I'm backing the Rays, I'm definitely doing it on the run line because that would but the thought process there would be that it would be a low-scoring game and that they either win or lose by one and that you've got good odds of that cashing. Projected total, this one is 7.8. So I probably would look under 8 if I could get it. I probably would go over 7 if I could get it. 7.5 would be a pass. 805 Eastern, Guardians at the Rangers. Cody Morris versus John Gray. Morris projects as fairly average. It's a 102 rating. 
uh, from the model. He does have a 230 ERA that's only in four games. The underlying metrics say it could have been a lot worse than that. Obviously, John Gray, a good pitcher, better pitcher than Cody Morris. Model gives him an 88 rating, 380 ERA on the season. Underlying metrics say it should be about a half run better than that. That's, of course, the only area that the Rangers will have an edge. Their offense is pretty average. The Guardians offense a little above average. And obviously, the Guardians relievers are much better than the Rangers relievers. Model says this one should be basically a coin toss. It says Rangers minus 103. I'm going to take the Guardians at plus 103, but it's only a C grade pick. It's indicated on the screen there. Sideline says we need plus 105 before we get really excited about the Guardians. They can give that a B grade and plus 115 really before we're getting it to an A grade. So the Guardians price right now, not good enough. Need some good plus odds here for fading John Gray, but I'm going to stick to the money line again. Sideline says it's a coin toss game. So plus odds on a coin toss isn't a crazy idea. The Guardian's been really good to us lately. We'll see if that can hold. But there is a fear of going too strong against a pitcher like John Gray, who could win the game by himself, obviously. Total in this game is eight. Sideline says 7.7. It's not the craziest thing to go under. It's not what I'm officially recommending. And model indicates that under is better than over. Um, and the, the thing here is that there's just there's there's a lot of ways this under can go wrong. There's a lot of ways it can go right. There's just a lot of variance in here because if if the Guardians do what they should, which is short leash on Cody Morris two times through the lineup and don't let him face the top of that the the, the, the Rangers issue is depth of their lineup. The top three hitters on that Rangers team are pretty good, and and I don't want Cody Morris facing them three times. If they go to that really good bullpen, that's going to really help the under. But we've seen them just let starters keep going and get shelled that third time through. So not knowing how they're going to play that could really affect the total. And the same thing with the Rangers. If John Gray's having a good start and can minimize how many innings the Rangers bullpen's going, I love the under. But if he gets hit around a little bit and the Rangers bullpen's prominently involved, there's going to be a lot of runs in this one. So at eight, it's really a pass for me on this total just because there's a lot of ways it can go awry uh, in either direction that you're looking. 18 Eastern, first pitch Padres at the Rockies. The Rockies, a team that... Really good home numbers offensively, and then just laying some eggs here at home, getting shut out against the Giants' bullpen game at Coors Field. Makes absolutely no sense. Finally starting to see some of the Rockies team here that I've been preaching about all season, that they aren't very good. It's just, I just, at a time when I'm backing them. I've talked about this before. This Rockies team is very frustrating. You just never know what you're going to get. And not drastically different from the Padres team, who looked great on Thursday afternoon, except for one pitch that turned into four runs, and that's how they lose to the Cardinals. So a, a pair of teams that you never know exactly what you're getting from. Uh, and this one, though, in Denver, it should be fairly warm to start around 80 degrees, closing around 70 degrees. Winds be blowing in around five miles an hour. Sean Manaya and Ryan Feltner. Feltner's a below-average pitcher, 605 ERA. Now, the advanced metrics say it's not that bad, but he's not a very good pitcher. And obviously, the Rockies relievers aren't very good, and the Rockies bats aren't very good. Uh, Padres relievers can absolutely give up grand slams like we saw on Thursday, but their bats are pretty good. Sean Manaya is an interesting one to talk about, though. 518 ERA. Now, the underlying metrics say it's not that bad. Maldock has a 103 rating. He's really struggled on the stretch, but when you look into it, they skipped his start previously, and he came back, and he had increased velocity, and he looked a little bit better. Not great, but better than he had been looking. Fairly competent. A competent pitcher should have some success against the Rockies. They did the same thing again this time as they believed that his arm had just had a little bit of fatigue, and, and spacing him out can't allow him to have good starts. 
something to consider here and gives me a little bit of optimism for Manaya in this start. If they have truly found a way to get his arm going again, because how bad he was for that, you know, month, two month, whatever it was stretch where he was just terrible was fairly inexplicable because he's always been a streaky pitcher, but he's never been that bad for that long. His streaks have been dominant and mediocre, not terrible like he was. So maybe they've kind of figured out what the issue was figured out a way around it. Obviously pitching in course is not the, the best scenario, but at least they'll have a fresh arm in it. And there's not a lot of pitchers at this time of the year that can say that. I'm going to take the Padres here as my official pick. It's a B-grade pick at minus 153. And you'll see there on the screen, sideline says that it needs minus 143 for it to be a B-grade pick. But I'm kind of, again, using a little bit of uh, research here and, and saying I think Manaya might do a little bit better than the model thinks. And we've, we've seen of this Rockies offense of late it's very possible that they've just kind of thrown in the towel, losing a little bit of focus. The, what they've done offensively here in this home series against the Giants is really just unexplainable. There is some variance. It could it could just be, you know, bad variance, I think. But, I mean, just the way they've looked and then seeing some of the ways that they've made outs. Um, one of the ones here on Thursday getting doubled up on a line drive to center field just inexplicable. So I'm, I'm comfortable fading the Rockies. And so even though the model would indicate that this is a, should be a C grade play on the Padres, I'm going to bump it up personally to a B grade play and take that minus 153 on them and say, I think they can go into course and get the job done. Sideline says the total should be 11.7 actual total is 11.5. So it's a straight pass for me there. 18 Eastern first pitch Mariners at the Royals Mariners getting their offense going again on Thursday. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm assuming Rodriguez is going to be out. His injury was called concerning. He's already missed three games from it recently. Really no reason for him to play this entire series. I would just send him to Seattle and keep him there the whole time. This game, they're going to have a little bit tougher of a chance to win against Brady Singer, but otherwise they should be able to win Saturday and Sunday. They're almost assuredly in the playoffs. There's no reason for him to be hurt. They need him healthy for October, so I personally wouldn't be playing him. So I'm assuming he's out. That gives the Mariners offense a little bit of a ding and drops him to pretty league average. That's still better than the Royals offense. Royals' first season sweep of the series against the Twins, who, as I talked about previously, just look like they don't care at all about playing baseball right now. Um, Marco Gonzalez versus Brady Singer. Again, Singer's a guy I've been talking a lot about, pitching really well. We've loved backing him. Uh, 307 ERA, advanced metrics say maybe it should be a little higher, but not by much. Gets an 85 rating from grade from the model. Marco Gonzalez, 401 ERA. That's deflated by pitching most of his games in a pitcher-friendly environment as he gets a 104 rating from the model. Sideline says Mariners minus 108. Says they should be slight road favorites. That their offense and their relievers are better than what the Royals offer. Uh, but with Brady Singer, they shouldn't be favored by that much. So if we can get plus odds in the Mariners, that's an A-grade play. If we can get plus 120, or greater on the Royals, that's an A-grade play. And the projected total for this one is 7.6. No line out yet, so no official pick, but again, I'll make one on that later. 18 Eastern first pitch. Tigers and the White Sox. Fairly chilly in Chicago. Low 60s to start, upper 50s to close. Winds will be blowing in at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Two slightly above average pitchers in Eduardo Rodriguez and Lucas Giolito. The former 435 ERA advanced metric. That's pretty accurate. Giolito, a 501 ER or 507 ERA. But it's been talking about him with the advanced metrics saying it should be actually in the upper threes. He's just had some bad luck with bunching his hits up uh, earlier in the season and some really bad starts. But in, in general, if he keeps doing that, they're going to space out and he's going to have better results than he's had. 
Uh, so a guy I'm comfortable backing, a guy who's again pitched a little bit better the last, you know, I don't know, six-ish weeks, something like that. Uh, he's pitched better than he did the, the first chunk of the season. Obviously, the White Sox offense is better. Tigers offense. Both sets of relievers are pretty solid. Uh, total in this game is 7.5, but the sideline total is 6.3. This is an under for me. I'm just flat betting on these unders, but your exclusive content for listening to this show, this is my favorite under of the night at under 7.5. I love this one here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's a chilly night. Wind's blowing in. Two decent pitchers. Two pitchers that I think are a little bit undervalued that are that are not great, but they're they're solid. And I don't think people realize that they're – I think people think they're bad, and they're actually okay pitchers. So I love this under here uh, on this one. Sideline says White Sox minus 169. So my official pick is White Sox minus 165 as it hits exactly that threshold for it to be a B grade. Around minus 150 would be an A-grade play on the White Sox, uh, but it's not anywhere near there right now. If I was going to play the Tigers, I'd be playing them on the run line, but the money line price, I would need to be thinking about them really is in the plus 170s to plus 180s. Otherwise, it's White Sox or pass around the prices that I'm seeing right now. 18 Eastern, first pitch. Angels at the Twins. The aforementioned Twins I talk about look like they just do not care about baseball at this moment. They'll throw Joe Ryan against Shohei Otani. Uh, Joe Ryan is slightly above average pitcher, uh, 361 ERA. Underlying metrics aren't quite as favorable as that, which is why he only gets a 96 grade. Against Shohei Otani, who the model says is the second best pitcher in baseball at this point, 243 ERA and the underlying metrics support that and say that is exactly how good he is. Obviously, the Twins relievers are better. I think the Twins bats are better. But right now, if the Twins bats don't really care, that's kind of a problem. Sideline says minus 112 for the Twins. And so I've got the prices on screen there. But this is one where I'm not sure I would play the Twins at these prices, just given what I've seen from them this last week and really this whole month of September. Model would indicate minus 110 is a B grade. Plus odds is an A grade on the Twins. But if I got plus odds in the on the Twins, I might play them, but it would probably be a B grade. Probably play the run line, hoping that we can get like a two to one Angels win or a one to nothing Angels win. In what looks like a low scoring game, but notice on screen their sideline says the total should be 5.9. It's going to be around mid 50s for this one in Minnesota. A chance of rain. And if that happens, of course, it's just going to delay the game further in the night as it gets cooler. Winds will be blowing in from right field at 10 to 15 miles an hour. It's going to be nasty weather. Even if it doesn't, rain it's going to be cold wind blowing in two very average offenses a twins offense it doesn't look like they care and might not be able to score off the angels relievers if it gets there they're probably not going to score off otani and then you got a decent pitcher in joe ryan a fly ball pitcher who is going to work out perfectly in this weather and then a good set of twins relievers i don't see any runs being scored in this one the model projecting 5.9 we haven't seen a number that low uh, from its projections since april when we had some you know 40 degree days really love the under here it's an under i'd go under six and a half i'd love to go under seven if that pops up assuming it is these two pitchers i'd still go under six and a half i'd actually even go under six on this one i don't see many runs being scored whatsoever and again probably will have to be on the twins on this one run line makes a lot of sense just because i don't expect many runs at all so getting a run and a half offers a lot of value but again i'm gonna need a good price to feel confident with this twins team because i just don't like what i'm seeing from them right now whatsoever so don't be surprised if the pick that i make on the twins here the grade i give it isn't reflecting what the model would ask for just because my confidence with the twins is basically at an all-time low 940 Eastern first pitch, Giants at the Diamondbacks. Carlos Rodon versus Tommy Henry is what we're projecting here, a pair of lefties. 
Uh, Tommy Henry in his seven outings, a 550 ERA in the underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate. So a below average pitcher, Mullick is a 112 grade. Carlos Rodon, 284 ERA. The advanced metrics say it actually should be about a quarter of a run better. You're looking at one of the better pitchers in baseball right there. A massive edge to the Giants starting pitcher-wise. But sideline only says the Giants should be a minus 116 favorite. Diamondbacks have been playing, you know, fairly well this last month or so. Giants have been playing fairly well too, but the only place they have a real edge is the starting pitcher department. Relievers, they're all terrible. Offenses, they have a little bit of an edge. So the Giants should be favored, but not by a ton. Sideline says a total of 7.9. If I could get close to even money backing Carlos Rodon here, that'd be an A-grid play. I don't expect to see that though. I expect us to be on the Diamondbacks. I expect it to be on the run line. And if the money line price is greater than plus 130, I think it's a play we have to make with a lot of confidence. Grabbing that run and a half in a game that shouldn't have a ton of runs. And again, because at that projection there of 7.9. 940 Eastern first pitch Mets at the A's. Typical night in Oakland here. Low 70s to start up or 60s to close. Winds blowing out to start, dying down as the night goes along. Chris Bassett making his return to Oakland against Cole Irvin. Irvin gets an average grade from the rating. 379 ERA. That is a little deflated from pitching a lot of his games at Oakland, but a solid pitcher and a lefty. And the Mets are fairly left-handed heavy and switch heavy, switch hitter heavy. So the Mets offense projects to be barely better than average against a lefty as opposed to a righty where it projects to do much better. Uh, Chris Bassett, obviously a solid pitcher, 332 ERA on the season, gets an 84 grade. Just a ho-hum good pitcher. Guy you'd like to have in your rotation. Not great, but very good. Uh, should obviously have no trouble keeping the A's offense down, although the A's scoring a lot of runs here lately. I don't think that's sustainable in that ballpark, but I mean, they've had a good little run, but I mean, it, it feels like it comes to an end. You thought it would have come to an end Thursday against George Kirby, and it didn't. Probably comes to an end here against Chris Bassett. Going back to a night game, the ball doesn't travel as well, so expect fewer runs. Uh, Sideline says Mets minus 191. The price on the Mets right now is about minus 215, so it's way too steep. If I could get prices to start with a one uh, on the Mets, I would consider it, but at 215, it's way too high. So this is why I'm putting the numbers on the screen. I don't know how the numbers are going to move overnight, into the morning, into the day. If you could get a price at minus 190 on the Mets, fire away. Right now, though, that's not anywhere near where the price is. So right now, based off these prices, the A's make sense. I'm going to take them on the run line, though. Total in this game is seven, and I'm going to go official pick under seven. As a sideline says, it should be 6.7. I think we got that push protection on seven. I think that's about as high as this game goes, aside from extra innings, which doesn't have a huge probability of happening given the discrepancy between these two teams. Uh, the money line price right now I'm seeing on the A's is plus 196. That would be equivalent for a B grade, but I'm going to shift to the run line at minus 110. Again, give it a B grade there and just say at minus 110 odds, the A's could maybe pull the upset, but there's just a really good chance that they can lose this game by one, uh, given that I don't expect a lot of runs. So it's a B grade play for me on the A's run line at pretty solid odds there at minus 110 in a low scoring game that I also like the under in. And then wrapping us up, 10-10 Eastern, first pitch Cardinals at the Dodgers. Relatively warm for a night game in L.A. in September on 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. One's blowing out, but should be under five miles per hour. A pair of lefties here, Jose Quintana versus Andrew Heaney. Quintana, 316 ERA. Heaney, a 266 ERA, but both pitchers have underlying metrics. Say their ERA should be in the low to mid-threes. I've got Heaney as a better pitcher by a little bit. Obviously, the Dodgers' offense is better. Dodgers' relievers are better. Dodgers at home, the model says they should be favored. 
by a price of minus 158. So if we could get something like minus 150, that would be a B grade pick on the Dodgers. Something like minus 140 would be an A grade pick. If I was on the Cardinals, I'd be looking for about plus 160 for a B grade, plus 175 or so for an A grade. But I probably would take the Cardinals on the run line as I wouldn't think they would win, but I do think they have a decent chance of at least losing by one. Sideline says the total should be 8.6. So if we could see a nine, I'd be going under nine. If we see an eight, I'd go over eight, eight and a half would be a pass for this one. So that's all the plays I have right now. Not a lot of lines out, so a lot of picks to come later. Uh, right now, I just have the one A-grade play, and that's the Orioles uh, on the run line at minus 135 at home against the Astros. But depending on what happens uh, with overnight movements and during the day movements, I will either add money to picks. I will make more picks on these games. There might be some pitching changes on here as well. So I'll update the sheet accordingly and come up with new prices. And again, show those prices of what the model needs for A and B grade picks, update the totals as well. And any total pick that I recommend officially will also be shown in the sheet. So we'll start tracking those and see if they are doing as well as my perception is on those totals. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you again tomorrow for more Major League Baseball betting content. And until then, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>